today's scripture reading can be found on 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 8, and found on page 842 of the Pew Bible. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in, in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Well, time flies. Uh, I think my son is here somewhere who's heading to a South Africa. Nick, are you around here? Yeah, there he is. I remember him being dedicated here a long time ago. So it'll, well, I hate to tell you, but it flies, as you know. I remembered this the other day when I heard someone say, four years from now, the 1990s will be 30 years ago. Think about that. Four years from now, the 1990s are 30 years ago. So I'm not saying that to make you old. I'm just saying time flies, so seize the day while you have it. Carpe diem, as the movie said. And that's what I hope that we do in 2016. I think it's reflected in a wonderful prayer by Jim Elliott, that wonderful uh, missionary who was martyred uh, in the 20th century. You might have read uh, Through the Gates of Splendor or uh, what was the movie, End of the Spear. Uh, He's the one who said he is, something like he is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose, right? Uh, But there's a wonderful prayer that he prayed uh, that I think about in terms of seizing the moment, and I hope that this can be a prayer for us this year as we enter into our new theme. God, I pray thee, light these idle sticks of my life, and may I burn for thee. Consume my life, my God, for it is thine. That sounds like the theme from last year. It's all his. I seek not a long life, but a full one, like you, Lord Jesus. You know, whether we live to be 10 or 110, that should be our prayer as believers. And that was Paul's hope for Timothy, no doubt, and he was obviously concerned that Timothy really would live in a way that he would seize the day and do it boldly. There's enough biblical evidence that Timothy struggled with being physically weak and sickly at times. He was also relatively young, and he was timid at points. And yet, isn't it amazing that through history, God always chooses what appear to be nobodies to really demonstrate his power? But my question is, have we become somewhat timid like Timothy, or at least stagnant in terms of how we proclaim the gospel? And do we do it boldly enough? Now, even Paul faced fear. You find that when he planted the church in Corinth, and there was a lot of resistance and antagonism toward him, and he was a bit Uh, befuddled by it, afraid about it. But you go to Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10, and it says, one night, this was in Corinth, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack and harm you, for many people in this city belong to me. Well, many in our city belong to him as well, and we need not be so afraid to proclaim his name boldly. We have each other to encourage one another to do just that. So Paul is telling Timothy not to be hesitant to do that. In fact, he says to fan into flame the gospel. Let's look at it because you're going to get to know this passage very well uh, this year. 1 Timothy 1, 6, and 7, that's our focal passage for 2016. It says, this is why I remind you 
to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And I think we have a a theme picture of it, kind of where we're going this year with it. Fanning the flame, proclaiming the gospel with power, love, and self-discipline. That's where we're heading this year, and we will be unpacking that really in the next few Sundays and really throughout the entirety of this year. Really talking about boldly uh, uh, just rekindling our faith in Christ and being willing to share it both verbally and through our actions. So we'll be talking a lot more about that. Let's go back to uh, the verse there. This is why I remind you to fan into flames. That whole verb, fan into flame, is anazopereo in Greek. And zopereo by itself refers to an ember that's just about to go out. But ana, put that prefix in front of it, and it means to rekindle that flame, stir it anew. I really like Clarence Jordan's cotton patch paraphrase of it. He says, I'm reminding you to shake the ashes off the God-given fire that's in you. Now, Timothy's fire had not gone out. He was a believer. He had the spirit in him, and you can't, uh, you can't rekindle that which has not gone, or that which has gone out. But every fire needs stirring every once in a while and rearranging, as you well know. And that's what it's talking about there. We need to stir, once again, the spirit within ourselves. You know, a lot of Christians are more like smoldering embers than, than, than dancing fires, So I hope this year we can reclaim this passion for Christ and proclaiming him. And the gift it's talking about there, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. When I laid my hands on you, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And Paul is referring to some point in time when he laid his hands upon Timothy, therefore confirming that Timothy was a believer and had the Spirit in him. Now tonight we're going to be ordaining uh, two people, Diane and Amy, and, and when we ordain them, that's part of what our laying on of hands does for them. It's not only a more of a formalized means by which we let them know you're now a deacon, but it's also confirming and reaffirming that they are believers, that they have the Spirit in them. And that's obviously what Paul did with Timothy at some point. And it's a matter of us taking that a step further and letting the Spirit work through us in proclaiming the gospel and not being hesitant about it, which is why you have the latter part. God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And verse 7 there that I just read really is an echo of something that Paul wrote earlier to the Romans. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Don't be enslaved to fear. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Because we are his children, we need not be fearful as we proclaim his name. That's what it's talking about. And Paul goes on to say that you, know, you need to be able to join him in suffering. Let's go to uh, uh, verse 8, 1 Timothy 1.8. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord, and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Now, now that's troubling in some way because one thing I'm hoping we will do this year is, is be awkward. I hope that you and I will find ourselves in situations that are uncomfortable. Whether it's sharing the gospel with some of the True Vine folks out where they live, or whether it's on a mission trip, whether it's, it's, it's ministering to people who are ill or suffering in some difficult way, or whatever it might be, or just sharing the gospel with somebody in a very informal fashion. I hope we will become awkward. And it's funny, when, when the staff, you know, when we came up with this theme for the year, and this passage for the year, we met with the uh, strategic planning team, and we hashed it out, and they loved the idea. And I kept saying, well, I want us to be awkward. Should we just, like, 
should that be our theme, be awkward? <laughs> you know, and, and should we put that on, on shirts? And they were like, no, d- dumb idea. And uh, I thought, well, I think we do need to be awkward. And we kept talking about it. We talked about the role of prayer in it. We talked about the need to be bold. And it was, is Jonathan Hand here? Jonathan was hanging back. You know those people who in me- meetings, you know, they hang back, and then they throw it out there right at the right time. And you, It's like the old E.F. Hutton commercials, if you remember E.F. Hutton, everybody leans in. Right when we were breaking up the meeting, uh, Jonathan Hand says, hey, uh, be bold, be prayerful, be awkward. Okay, you know, and we talked for 55 minutes, and that, that's what we need right there. And so you're going to see that phrase as well, because I really think that kind of captures what we're talking about. Yeah, we want to be in these awkward situations, but even before that, we want to be bold and be prayerful as we enter into these awkward situations, in which I hope we really do find ourselves. You know, the Spirit, when it talks about the Spirit, it's not as if the Holy Spirit removes us to a safe place as an escape, as far as being in a bubble. What the Spirit does, though, is empowers us to endure the stress, the anxiety, the discomfort, and the trial that comes along with sharing the gospel. We don't need to be ashamed, as it says. Why? Because of the basic gospel message. And I just love that our focal passage is so close to verses 9 and 10. I was studying this the other night, and I thought, this is a beautiful, this is two verses that basically tell the gospel in a nutshell, perhaps better than any two verses that are put together in all of Scripture. And I hadn't really thought about it, but look at the passage. For God saved us, and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning, from before the beginning of time, to grace us through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. He abolished death and brought life and immortality through the good news. Look at all the verbs there. (laughs) He saved us, he called us, he graced us, he abolished death, brought life now, and immortality in the future. Two verses, that's basically the gospel in a nutshell, and because of that we need not be ashamed or timid as we proclaim it to other people. You know, Timothy didn't have to be given new ingredients to be a more effective witness. God gave him what he had, and he just needed to fan that flame. It reminds me of, uh, in Richard Stearns' book, The Hole in Our Gospel, which many of us have read, but when Jesus tells the disciples, you feed this multitude that's here, You feed these 5,000. Remember, he didn't give them extra gifts or superpowers or anything. No, God doesn't use superheroes with superpowers. He uses nobodies like you and me. He just told them to use what they had, which was what? A few fish, some loaves, that was it. That's what he wants us to do. Take what we already have. It's not like Timothy needed something more. If you go to 1 Timothy 4, Paul told him, don't neglect the gift that is in you. But now he's saying, don't neglect it and also fan it into flame. Now, one basic creative way we can do that is to do, as Martin Lloyd-Jones called it, he called it gossiping the gospel. Share it informally, you know, in your neighborhood, in a park, at school, at work, wherever it might be. And one way we can do that is, is by uh, uh, some cards that uh, we were going to pass out today, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but I want to call Caleb up here because he's going to give us a segue into that. Where are you, Caleb? Caleb's going to talk about, and what I love about what Caleb's done is he has threaded our theme for this year into Meal and a Deal. How many of y'all have been to Meal and a Deal before? How many of y'all haven't been? You got to come this year. It's a cool thing, raising money for missions, and it gets really intense, and it's fun. Tell, tell us about it. Whoop, there you go. Morning. Uh, several years ago, or as you know, our youth, every summer we take a trip to South Africa, and it's, it has become one of the more beloved trips that our church and our youth ministry takes. Um, several years ago, we took a trip to South Africa, and um, on this trip, we uh, 
our students are typically asked to do things that, you know, kind of off the cuff, last minute. It's kind of how people in South Africa roll. You know, they'll come up and say, hey, can you lead a Bible study? Off the cuff. Yeah, we, we got it. We'll take care of it. Um, we had some, we had this kind of happen to our group. We had a, one of our students who was with us got asked if he would be willing to share his testimony. And uh, this was kind of an awkward thing for him. Uh, he was kind of put in a position that he was uncomfortable with. Um, but he came and he asked me and he said, hey, I want to do it. I'm prepared for it. And I was like, awesome, let's pray. So we prayed for him. He went in and he shared his testimony. And to this day, it's one of the more powerful moments that I think I've experienced on a mission trip. Um, and I look back and as I've thought about it, and I've thought about it with this theme, I think the reason why is because this student um, exemplified the traits that Jim has mentioned this morning. Uh, he was willing to be bold. Um, he was very prayerful. And uh, he put himself in a position that to him was very awkward. But the Lord and the Holy Spirit used that moment to uh, create an environment where lives were changed in that moment. Lives, people came to know the Lord. Um, they, professions of faith were made. Uh, lives were changed in that instance. And so because of that, we have decided that for our theme this year for Mule and Adil, uh, we're going to, this is our theme. And this is actually, you'll see this logo around the church a lot more in the weeks to come. Basically is this, that we want to fan the flame in our own life so that we can go and be a light to the world. Um, we want to fan the flame in, within us to go and light the world. And so our theme verse is Acts 13, 47. I've made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the world. All right, our, our objective and our hope is that our youth ministry and our church would be a place that God, as he is fanning our own life, he's fanning the gifts and, he's, and the Holy Spirit is taking a bigger role in our own life, that it would lead us into dark and cold places and that we can bring the warmth and uh, the light to areas that desperately need it. Um, and so uh, one month from today, today's January 24th, one month from today, February the 24th, we're going to celebrate uh, our annual event meal and a deal and we're really excited about it and so we would obviously we want to invite you to come and to be a part of that um, we'll be calling on a lot of you probably in the weeks leading up and the reason being is that we realize that we the youth ministry at Brookwood is an extension of this church and so as we go and as we serve we're not going and serving as a separate entity we're going um, as representatives of Brookwood and so we want to invite you to come and to be a part of that event to come and help us as we hopefully fan the flame to light the world. Okay, let me put you on the spot, like I did last time, because yeah, I know you weren't expecting this, but uh, Caleb had a hand in us having this idea that I'm going to talk about briefly in just a second, but tell him where the background of this is. Yeah, so when I was in seminary up in Kentucky, uh, I was just, I, I was active in a, a very large church up there, and one Sunday, the pastor basically kind of, we had this, uh, he, he offered this initiative to the church that um, you basically go out and you just bless somebody in the community. Um, somebody that you don't know, whatever it may be, you take this card, it, you know, you purchase lunch for them, you, you leave the card with their waiter, waitress, and they deliver the card and basically say your meal's been covered. And I was going to this church at the time, but I received a card. Me and some friends of mine were out to lunch, and our meal was covered, and a card was left. And, and I don't know whether it was because um, I, was a, I was a poor seminary student at the time, or if it was just the fact that, like, it was such a, it was an amazing blessing but it has stuck with me to this day. And I remember just in our talks, I just thought, hey, what if we considered doing something along these lines? Not that we would, it would be about us, but that it would be an opportunity for our church to just be a bigger blessing in the community at large. Thanks, Caleb. Which, which leads us to, we've got these little cards called Fan It Forward cards. You've heard of Pay It Forward. 
And it has uh, our, our passage on here with the flame imagery and then uh, has the scripture passage and it just says, thank you for letting us fan the flames of God's gift by offering this small act of kindness. Have a blessed day, Brookwood Baptist Church. And it just says a little bit about Brookwood on the other side. Not to the point of we didn't want it to be too recruity. It, it's really, the purpose of it is just to share the love of Christ with others and to let them know that this is what the church is about. And so what we're gonna do next week is pass these out uh, and actually assign you to do something with it between next Sunday and the following Saturday night where you will come up with some creative idea to, to fan it forward. You might uh, be going through a fast food thing and you pay for the meal behind you and you ask if the person at the window can uh, hand them the card or you do that in a restaurant. Uh, you, you know, you could do it, somebody in the neighborhood, you do a favor for them. Uh, later on, if it snows, you, you, you uh, uh, get the snow off of their windshields, put this on the windshield, whatever it might be. There are many, many things we could do for people, whether it's at school, work, neighborhood, home. And we're looking for creative ideas, and I know some of them are out there. Some of them are better known than others. But what we're going to ask you to do is to, to let Mary Jane know about it. Email her or call her at the church and say, hey, here's what I did. Because we really need help figuring out how to creatively share the love of Christ and just leave this with them. And you're going get to know, get to know these cards very well. We've got, or will have, a whole bunch of new ones next week. Uh, I passed these out in the first service, and we discovered a misprint on it right afterwards. And it says Second Thessalonians instead of Second Timothy, one six. <laughs> so uh, I know, I know, I know. Some of you right now are dying for a Donald Trump joke. I'm not going to do that, but anyway, you get it because two Timothy. Okay, anyway, but anyway. We're going to get a rush order on this and get these here next Sunday, and we've already informed people who are in the first service and everything. So uh, anyway, we're going to have these next week, but truly what we need your help on is what are some ways that we can uh, minister to other people, whether we know them or not. And it could be somebody you know. It could be you write them a letter or just some word of encouragement, whatever it might be. But how are you going to use this card between next Sunday and the following Saturday evening? And get us your ideas. We would love to know how you go about that, and I hope, hope we can educate each other in terms of some strategic ways that we can do that. Uh, it's funny, and I wasn't going to mention this, but just last night, uh, you know, my son Nick is heading to uh, South Africa tomorrow for a whole semester at University of Cape Town. Kenzie Martin's going as well, and he's been covering all the places he wants to eat before he goes, and there was one he was quite anxious about because he hadn't gone yet, and time was getting short, and of course it was Waffle House. So we went to Waffle House last night, but on the way back, it was just terribly cold out there, and there was a guy who was obviously um, homeless, and, and it was just one of these things where, and you would have done the same thing. I don't say this to build us up by any stretch, but he was very cold, and we got him you know, a sweatshirt to put under his, his coat and got him some food, and, uh, uh, and I thought, gosh, it would have been great to have had something like this so he could just refer to this and realize, you know, there is a church out there, there is Christ's church that cares about people like me. And, and again, so I'm hoping that we will have those by next week and we can start finding ways to educate each other about how to get the word out. Okay, now, and, and, and let me just say, don't think that you don't have the capacity to do this. You know, God, like I've said, has used nobodies over the centuries who are just willing to yield over to him and rely on him. They are his most powerful witnesses. I like the way Oswald Chambers puts Anybody ever, you know who Oswald Chambers is? If you know who he is, raise your hand. Has a fabulous, for years, he has this time-honored devotional book that you should read through 
for a year. But in one of his devotions, he says this, God can achieve his purpose either through the absence of human power and resources or the abandonment of reliance on them. All through history, God has chosen and used nobodies because their unusual dependence on him made possible the unique display of his power and grace. He chose and used somebodies only when they renounced dependence on their natural abilities and resources. You know, God will use us nobodies, and I hope that he will do that all through this year. And again, I want to close with Jim Elliott's prayer again, and I hope and pray that this can kind of be our prayer. Because again, in the grand scheme of things, you know, we we all live short lives. We all do. And whether we live to be 10 or 110, as I said earlier, you know, we need to seize the day and get out there and share the gospel with people who so desperately need to hear about it. So I'd like to ask that you pray with me. Will you voice this prayer with me before we enter the time of the Lord's Supper? Pray this with me. God, I pray thee, light these sticks of my life, and may I burn for thee. Consume my life, my God, for it is thine. I seek not a long life, but a full one. Think about it. Jesus lived to just 33, and he led us to this table. And this table began to fan a flame that changed everything. And his death on the cross fanned it all the more. And really, it came to full fruition at his resurrection. And even in a more powerful way, at Pentecost. But it began at the table. And that's the message of this table is how by his brokenness and by the shedding of his blood, he began to fan the flame, not just of eternal life, but sharing that eternal life with others. So in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to say a prayer, and we're going to ask uh, that, like we usually do, we have folks over here start up toward the front here and just go out your pew toward the wall and then come up and receive the drink and the bread and then go back and take, some, take your time. Don't feel like you've got to take it immediately. Take a moment uh, to meditate and then uh, partake of the elements when you feel led. You guys, if you'll come this way, you guys toward the wall and then coming up this way, okay? Let's pray together. Lord, as we enter into this Eucharist meal, we give you thanks for the amazing gift. The amazing gift that you showed on the cross by the breaking of your body, the shedding of your blood. Remind us that uh, the blood you shed, in a sense, just added all the more fuel to this flame of love that we can share with so many who need to know you. So help us to consider as we partake of your meal today what it means to truly be your disciples what it means to take the flame of your spirit to others, that they might come to know you personally. Make us bold. Help us to remember what you did on the cross, and may it stir us to be all the more bold in sharing your gospel with others. We pray these things in your name. Amen.